Welcome to the Economically Speaking Podcast, hosted by the Town of Babylon IDA CEO, Tom Dolan. Welcome. I'm Tom Dolan, CEO of the Town of Babylon IDA, and you are listening to Economically Speaking, the information podcast designed to deliver the latest economic development news in the town and the surrounding region. On this episode of Economically Speaking, we'll be doing a segment I call By the Numbers, where I give you, the audience, the latest data on different topics each time. These topics can range from job numbers to real estate to the stock market and more. With the help of different guests, we discuss numbers on a macro level when it comes to the nation and global economy, as well as looking directly at our region on a micro level. We hope you enjoy the segment and get more knowledge on each of these topics. And with that, let's look at the numbers. On this segment of By the Numbers, we have Dr. Marty Cantor with us to discuss a major topic that has been a prevalent issue this past year, jobs. When COVID-19 shut down the U.S., the unemployment rate reached 14.8% in April of 2020. If you are not familiar with the unemployment rates, that is the highest percentage since the Great Depression. Since COVID-19, the current economic climate has caused the job market to evolve and is still recovering as we speak. Dr. Marty Cantor is a jack of all trades and well-versed in economics. He has a master in interdisciplinary studies focusing on the socioeconomic relationships between education, household income, community, and workforce development. He has served as chief economist for New York State Assembly Subcommittee for the Long Island Economy and as Suffolk County Economic Development Commissioner among many other positions. In 2020, he was inducted into the Long Island Business Hall of Fame and was a winner of the 2021 Regional Award for Excellence in Innovation for his weekly appearances on News 12's The New Normal during the COVID-19 pandemic, that was. So with that said, let's get into the segment with our guest. Good afternoon, Marty. Thanks for being here. Great, Tom. Look forward to uh, to the discussion. Yeah, I tell you, I hope I didn't leave. There was a lot of stuff that we got in your. Uh, your oh, you bio. left off a ton, but we're not going to go over it. <laughs> that was long, yes. But uh, you're definitely a busy man, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time and being here today. That's for sure. Today we want to talk about again. This segment is about about the numbers, right? And we want to look on a couple of different things. But we've been talking about jobs. You and I have had uh, previous conversations about this, but let's first talk a little bit about. What happened? What the pandemic and what that did to the job market? Well, the job market uh, obviously was severely impacted based upon the unemployment numbers that we had last year at this time. And uh, that was happening because businesses just couldn't operate. Uh, if you had to show up to work, you were out of work at the beginning of the pandemic. And and that impacted the uh, the lowest workers in our, in our workforce and those least able to support themselves through through a pandemic. Sure. So it did have some really hard uh, financial, uh, and besides the the health ramifications uh, on the lowest on the people least able to afford to sustain themselves through the pandemic. And I know what the job market looked like prior yeah. to the pandemic. I mean, things were, were moving along pretty well. And what do you think? What are you seeing now as far as what the numbers look like now? Well, right now on Long Island, uh, we have a 1.4 million person workforce. Uh, and out of that workforce, there are still about 75,000 jobs which have disappeared due to the pandemic, which have not come back. Right. Uh, so when you hear 5% 
5% unemployment rate, that doesn't take into account those 70,000 jobs because people have stopped looking for work. Their unemployment uh, insurance has expired. And that's, that's a real tough number. Nationally, uh, we have about 8 million jobs which have not come back. But that flies in the face of the fact that it's close to 9 million job postings by employers. So while the jobs have not come back, the employers have the jobs to fill, but people aren't filling them. And part of that, that has to be the enhanced unemployment benefits where people are finding that they'll earn more money being on unemployment than showing up to work. And that's really stalling our, our economic recovery. Are we seeing that more in certain sectors than others? or? Yeah, we're seeing it more in the, in the uh, tourism, the restaurant, the entertainment sector. Indoor venues and are still restricted, I think, to 50% of occupancy. They can't make money, those, uh, those entertainment venues that are indoors. It's got to open up to 100% for them to make it. So the entertainment, the tourism, the hotel, uh, especially during the summer season we're now going to have, uh, that's the sector that needs to really come back. You know, we've seen a lot of changes due to COVID and how the workplaces has changed and compared. And we were actually, before we started uh, recording, we were talking a little bit about that. What's going back to work look like now? What are we seeing out there? Well, right now, we're getting statistics from uh, surveys from New York City employers, and what we're finding is that 29% said they're going to open up and they want everybody to come back to work. Tech people, uh, 40% already work remotely. It's going to go up to 50%. Uh, 71% of the companies said they're going to have some sort of hybrid where you show up part of the week and you, you do distance working afterward. That is pretty much, I believe, will be the model. Right. is because I, businesses have finally learned that you don't have to be in the office, you don't have to pay a lot of money for rent, you can have people working remotely and everything will be fine. Sure. Yeah, it's a new time. It's the new right? normal. Yeah, that's what there it is. is. <laughs> so what you're seeing and what you're, what you're saying is you don't really look at us that we're coming back. Have we had a steady rate of coming back or was there like an influx because of, as things opened up and now we're kind of staggering a little bit? Is well, that what I, you're saying? Well, I, I think what's going to happen is now that uh, the restrictions are being lifted uh, and rentals are starting to uh, improve in the city uh, and people feel safer because of the vaccinations and, and uh, the warm weather so they feel comfortable. However, 22% of the Long Island workforce commutes into the city. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that's, uh, that's about 315,000 people, but the ridership is still only about 20%. Wow. So we're having, uh, we're, we're having uh, 60, so that would be about 280,000, 270,000 Long Islanders still are not on that railroad. And they're, they're either unemployed or they're working remotely. Uh, so I think that's going to that's gonna be the norm for a while. I know a little bit of that was, and, and again, I'm only going from, you know, people I know in my community that used to commute on the train. Some of them have gone to cars, oh, yeah. you know, because of fear of, of riding in the train. So I guess some of that, and I know the roads are open. I know the roads, the traffic is pretty bad. So maybe the numbers are hopefully a little bit better than, than that, as far as what oh, you're saying. Oh, yeah, the numbers probably are. I will tell you that uh, I had to take uh, my wife to the eye doctor on Tuesday morning. At, and we left at, at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. We got to the location in 15 minutes. When I went to pick her up at 10 o'clock, it took me 35 minutes to do the, to go the same distance. Yeah. And the place was packed with cars. So, yeah, what we're saying is the commutation is less on the railroad. So it's right. a bigger problem for the MTA and the railroad. Sure. However, yes, more people are driving. And there's not as many in the HOV lane as they used to be. They're, they're all single, single yeah. cars. So, so people are going to work. Yeah, and hopefully they'll get back to the trains or, like you're saying, with this new way of working, 
that may not happen, right? So what do you see as some maybe the new challenge that they'll face or people are facing right now with everything? Maybe they've been out of work or they're trying to get back. What are some of the challenges that they try to get back into the job market? Well, the first one would be, are your skill sets still sound? You know, do you, did you, do you need to uh, embellish or, or for, you know, or, or, or burn them or polish them up so if you're a new employee, employer rather? Also employers are looking for workers that have more than one skill set. You know, if you go in and uh, I mean, you called me a jack of all trades, but that's only because you need a whole lot of skill sets. Uh, you know, I'm a CPA, I have a doctor in education. I, you know, I've studied sociology and culture. So when someone hires me, there's a whole lot of skill sets that I bring. Today's workforce requires a lot of skill sets. If you're not up to date and you become a dinosaur, well, you got to you got to bring yourself up to date. Otherwise, you're going to get beat up by you know beaten out by some young kid with all these great skills and talents for the job you want. Sure. I was on a, uh, a webinar it was with people talking more about in that area of workforce development and with the changes with some of the older people with the technology, their skill sets not being there. They were applying for jobs and they weren't even able to get them to a job. You know that they needed like a bridge uh, something to yep. be able to bridge them they need that that almost to go back and learn certain skills again to get them up to where they need to be to get back into the workforce oh absolutely if you haven't uh, gone back to school in 30 years then you need to go back to school yeah uh, that's just that's just <laughs> it gotcha so we're seeing different things, and, and I know there's there was definitely some downside and things that we're str- still struggling with, but what innovations have come out of or that you're seeing that have come out of the pandemic that we just went through? Well, obviously, Zoom is the big one, uh, and, uh, the, you know, go-to meeting, the use of those, that makes things much more productive because to show up to an office for a meeting could be two hours worth of driving. Sure. And here, you know, you, you get on the, the Zoom and you're right there. So individuals' uh, productivity is a lot better through Zoom. And I think uh, we're going to probably, that'll stay with us for a, for a while. Sure. Uh, you know, you're going to find that employers' productivity is up. And productivity is up because of technology. Uh, my concern is that uh, the increase in the minimum wage, while important, Uh, Nobody should work a full week and still be in poverty. But the danger is as uh, minimum wage increases and the cost of labor increases and employers cannot pass that cost on to consumers, you're going to see technology replacing the people earning the minimum wage. You're going to see robots. You're going to see conveyor belts. You're going to see other things. Uh, people, you, we see it now. When you go to a restaurant, usually the, the, the server doesn't take your order. You punch it in on a, uh, an iPad. Sure. Uh, when you pay sure. your bill, it's iPad. Uh, that's going to be with us for a while. So you might find uh, servers not uh, not around, but food runners from the kitchen. So the staff of restaurants might be cut, uh, notwithstanding the minimum wage. I think we'll see more of that use of technology in businesses, uh, because somebody, you know, because businesses aren't happy with the increase in la- in labor costs. Sure. And if consumers. Uh, aren't happy to pay it and the consumer price index has increased in everything from rent from gasoline from food from lumber uh, since uh, the pandemic began Uh, that's because the minimum wage went up and that's because uh, people need to make more money businesses need to recoup the money lost Uh, but that's inflationary because it's not driven by supply and demand and inflation is a major concern because inflation is a tax on those least able to pay sure Makes sense. And I think also what you just said before about making sure you have multiple skill sets uh, for the workplace, because and I would think that, right, you used to be able to get somebody for whatever, if they work in your front desk or a receptionist or someone, and they may have had, you know, answered the phone, set an appointment or patched that person in. They just wanted a live voice there. But now that person, if you're going to be paying them more, 
probably has to add a lot more as far as skill sets to be able to pay them. Oh, absolutely. And, and how many places have you gone into where there is no receptionist? There's just the note on the front door saying, please call extension, whatever it is on this phone and someone need, will come right. and get you. Yeah. And, that, and that's, the way, that's the way things are evolving. We, you know, we're going to find those jobs that, that you don't really need skills to have disappearing. And uh, because businesses can find a way to get around it through technology. Right. So what areas, if you were a young person even today and, you know, we're talking about jobs and you're looking for a career or you're looking, do you have any recommendations that things that you see as future opportunities because of everything that's happened? Well, I think education is always big. I mean, we're always going to have children to educate and adults to educate, but you have to have skill sets in terms of how to use the technology through that educational process. So technology, obviously, in whatever manner, shape, or form, technology is a big industry to get into. Mm -hmm. uh, manufacturing, uh, that makes a lot of money, but the manufacturing jobs have, have really been cut in half since uh, 30 years ago. A lot of things have been outsourced to other countries that have lower-cost manufacturing, like China. Sure. Uh, but uh, knowing how to get in the manufacturing sector and how to save money. Well, my uncle once told, my cousin once told me when I got into uh, studying accounting, he says the big thing that businesses look for is how can you make them money and how can you save them money. Right. And if you focus in on skill sets that allow you to do one or both of those, you're going to be worth a lot to any employer. Yeah, be a problem solver. Right. Yep. Yeah. Critical yeah. thinking skills. Yes, that's correct. I have a young son also that I'm trying to explain it to. You know, <laughs> I go, do your investigation. You know, know about that company before you get there, and yeah. uh, we'll know what they're looking for and explain yeah. to that company why you can help them. Sure. How you will help your your that company or your future employer, your boss, achieve his mission? Because people and companies want people to help them succeed. Uh, and be self-starter and to critically think uh, on doing things. Those are very important skills. Sure. Have we ever experienced anything like this that you would be able to relate what happened way back when, if, if it did happen, to what's happened now? Have we ever seen anything like this? We've never seen anything like this in terms of a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the, the change in social, you know, the, 60, the 70s, 60s and 70s were a big time when social rules changed. Mm -hmm. You know, when young people came out and said, we, we don't quite like what's going on. These, this is what we want. Over time, that has gotten tempered. Uh, and and as, as it all changed, because cultural change is incremental and, and it takes time. True. And, and, you know, we have a country of uh, 300 some odd million people and totally divided. So what's going to happen is that, is that there will be change. Because the people now coming into society, the young people as the boomers retire and, and age out, uh, we're going to have new people who are coming with new ideas and how they want their society to run. And this is exactly what happened in the 60s and the 70s when the yeah. baby boomers came in. And this happens every 30 years anyhow when new people come in. Uh, so I've seen it and I've lived through it. However, the pandemic, I don't think anybody's ever lived through it. Something gotcha. like this. Yeah, it was, it was strange. There's no doubt about yeah. that, you know, even here. Any predictions as far as what you see in the next year, as far as what's happening? or You know, I think the pendulum is going to shift in terms of uh, right now we have a, we have a, a robust social agenda that, that's uh, permeating through politics. I think that it's, it's called uh, Rashomon. It's, uh, the pendulum swings back and forth. I think we'll see a pendulum slip. Uh, swing back towards the middle. Uh, once people find out exactly what the change is and how much cost that changes are, people have to realize that there's no free lunch and government, if they can't collect the taxes, they're borrowing and borrowing is going to impact you and your grandchildren and your children. No 
and that's not good either. Yeah. So uh, you're, we're going to see a, p a p political uh, pendulum shift. But right now, uh, it's about people reacting to uh, the, the demand of social change. And, you know, social change is good sometimes. Okay. And I know that that's talking on more of a macro. What do you see maybe here? What do you see? Do you see anything for Long Island that you're excited about or that you think may be something that we need here? What we need on Long Island, uh, first of all, Long Island is going to be is going to be fine. I mean, those 70,000 jobs are primarily in the hospitality industry, tourism. Some of them will come back. I fear that the region will lose about 25 to 30% of the job, of the companies that went out. That's the Federal Reserve statistic, and I kind of think they're going to be right. I think there'll be a new wave of entrepreneurism. You know, the old expression, find a need and fill it. Uh, I think we're going to see that. Uh, the surveys that I've, I've done, I see people wanting to change what they do and become entrepreneurs. You can't teach entrepreneurism. You can teach the skill sets of entrepreneurism. I see that happening. I see more people not wanting to work for somebody else but for themselves uh, and keep more of what they earn. Uh, technology will be robust. I'll see manufacturing. Uh, the big, my biggest fear on Long Island is that we have still not made this place affordable for both our aging seniors or our young people coming in. We talk a great game about affordable housing, but you can't tell me that if you're charging 2500 bucks rent that that's affordable when someone has a job teaching or in journalism or something that doesn't pay more than $25,000, dollars $40,000 a year. Right. That doesn't mesh. So Long Island has to wake up and realize that we have to change how we finance our education. We have to change how we finance our government. We have to make it more progressive. Right now, our taxing system, the property taxes is regressive. Most people can't afford to buy the same homes they're living in today. Property taxes are too high. We have to find a way, and I'm a big supporter of a regional income tax to replace the property taxes, because this way we capture everybody living on Long Island. We base the tax on how much you earn, not the value of your house, uh, and, and that becomes fairer, and that will allow, will, keep, will be a fairer economic climate where young people can live here, seniors can, uh, can uh, age out here, and stop the outflow of our millennials to Austin, Texas, where places are cheaper to work, and companies leaving because it's cheaper to operate businesses. That is the biggest challenge confronting Long Island. And quite frankly, I don't think that we have the political will to address it. You know, that's the things that we do here at the IDA, as you yeah. know, you know, is, is trying to keep and attract companies to come here. And that is a big challenge. And one of the things we try to help with, and same with uh, with housing options and sure. things that they try to attract talent here. Well, you know, the reverse of that. Part of that is too, we, we see, you know, on this end too, when we're trying to do a project, a lot of pushback, you know, people recognize some of the things you mentioned, you know, as you yeah. went through all those, all those things, but it's no, not here. We don't want that here. We don't, you know, they look at affordable as a dirty word, you know? So I'm hoping that we can get that message, and that's part of what this podcast is, is yeah. hopefully to, to educate people, to let them understand, you know, we, we talked about uh, one of our first shows was, you know, when we talk about affordable, it's that person coming out of college, it's the, you know, and how much debt they have and things like that, and how do we create that, and how do we get that message out there, you have any recommendations for that. Well, you know, uh, uh, I ran the Suffolk County IDA so, uh, for, for four years, so I, right. I'm sitting in your, I sat in your seat. The reality is, when we brought Computer Associates out, really the, the last major corporate headquarters relocation here, there was pushback. But 
we kind of said, you know, live with it. Right. You know, because this was the change that we needed for Long Island in terms of technology sure. to be a central focal point. Sometimes people have a right to say something about the neighborhood they live in uh, because their house is the most valuable asset that they own and probably will ever right. own. Sure. So they are very vocal about it. Uh, but the fact is, as government and as leaders, you have to be able to explain to them, look, you're living in a house. Who's going to buy your house when you retire? Okay. Well, the people going to buy your house when you retire, the people getting into the affordable housing we're building. Right. You know, so we are creating a market for you. Absolutely. And, and people will understand that. Right now, housing, housing prices are through the roof on Long Island. Why? Because people are coming out from the city. They want to live uh, in a quality of life on Long Island. And if we build that farm system, if you will, for future home, pur purpose, uh, home purchasing, rather, yeah. It benefits all of us. I agree. So, so you have to look beyond your own backyard yeah. uh, and, and look at the greater vision of uh, the future of the island, that we need a talented, skilled workforce to thrive and survive, which is what Long Island's always had. Now, with uh, New York City and crime in the city, and man, it's not going to get better. That's why people are fleeing the city, and that's why we've, we've had such a robust housing market and why prices are so high. Yeah. We're getting people who realize what Long Island is about, uh, and that's what we need to educate people on, is that we have to create the, the environment that people want to live here, not create an environment where people are running like crazy to leave the state and leave the island, which they've been doing in the last 10 years. Sure. That's why we lost the congressional seat in New York State. All right, because people are leaving. And where did that congressional seat go? Went to Florida and went to Texas. All right, and, and, that's, and that's our competition. Right. So wake up and realize that. Oh, that's, that's great. I'm ready, Marty. I'm ready. <laughs> that was great. Um, well, I got to tell you, you know, we, we touched on a lot of things today. And, and again, the job market is, again, so important. But again, all of these things, you know, and I think I shared with you, I, I come from a background of doing uh, planning, uh, uh, strategic planning for businesses, for, for individuals, and it's really about taking that holistic look at everything. And you kind of ran through a bunch of things that are so important here. You know, we can talk again, maybe another time we can talk about energy and, and oh, that yeah. challenge here and stuff, you know. But um, it really is a holistic, and it's about building sustainable communities and a sustainable island for, for the future. You know, well, that's said. That's the key word, Tom. I mean, sustainability is, is, is very important. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, we talked about uh, uh, the show that are on the new normal every Thursday morning, and uh, that's what's coming out, is yeah. that right now people are saying, uh, you know, how do, where do I go from here? Right. Uh, uh, do you know what my state government's doing? Uh, you know, the, the, the way the budgets are going. People are more aware, uh, I'm finding more aware of the dollars and, and, and what their surroundings are. Uh, than you know than uh, uh, than they used to be. They always were, but because of the internet and because of the connectability of people, uh, you're having a greater ta uh, town hall meeting uh, with with people on the internet, and that's important. I mean, you know, you get out all the all, all the crazies, all the uh, you know the outside noise, and what's left are people who are really concerned about where they live and and, and what they do. And like you had mentioned, that's why we, we won the Murrow Award. That's, the, yeah. that's a real prestigious award in journalism uh, because, uh, because we're providing that for, you know, for people to become that intersection between technology and their voices and, and their concern for the future. Sure. Well, Marty, I'll tell you, I'd like to give you an opportunity now. And, and again, you do such a great job with, uh, with your program, The New Normal. 
Um, maybe you can tell people how they can tune in or when they can tune in and how they can even get in touch with you. I mean, uh, sure. this has been great. Sure. Well, the new normal, it's been running since, man, a year ago, May 14th, I think. We've done 64 shows wow. every Thursday morning from 9 to 9.30. And we talk about uh, financial questions and what's going on in finances and, and the economy. And it's on Facebook. So we answer questions live as viewers post it on Facebook. So you become part of a greater conversation uh, in terms of uh, checking in on News 12. Elizabeth Hassagan is the anchor, and she and I have been doing this show together for a long time. Yeah. And we keep it current, and we're very, very happy. We won, uh, we placed first in two categories in the Press Club of Long Island, and we, I've got my fingers crossed we'll win an Emmy, you know, for Excellent. the show as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, uh, and if you've got questions, uh, go to my website. It's very simple. It's martincantor.com. And there's a direct link from my website uh, to me. And if you've got questions or, or, or concerns or ideas, uh, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. Okay. What we'll do is we'll make sure we post that. All right. They'll have David uh, sitting here with us. Uh, make sure he posts that on our, on our notes uh, so that people can get in touch with you. But, uh, Marty, i got to tell you, I want to thank you so much for coming in today. This has been a great conversation and I look forward to the future where we get into some other things and maybe even some of the things we spoke about today we can kind of dive a little deeper on those things. Absolutely this is going to be a never-ending discussion because over the next year or so uh, there's going to be changes that some might have predicted but some never thought would occur Sure. Uh, because we're in a different world a different global economy different technology and overcoming something that most people never ever thought in their lifetime they would, would overcome, a pandemic. Right. So things are going to change. So uh, it'll be fun talking about those changes. That's great. Well, I want to again thank you for being here today. Again, my name is Tom Dolan. You've been listening to Economically Speaking with our guest, Marty Cantor. This episode of Economically Speaking was brought to you by the Town of Babylon IDA. For additional information and to find out how to stay connected, like us on our Facebook page at Town of Babylon IDA, as well as our website, BabylonIDA.org, where you can subscribe to our email listing and find links to our latest episodes and newsletters.